Welcome, everybody, to Fergo and the Freak. I am your host, Andrew Ferguson. No, my name's League Freak. That's right. Damn it. Anyway, my name's League Freak, and I'm joined today by the lovely Nadine. How are you, Nadine? I'm good. How are you, Freaky? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I've been unwell the last couple of days. I wasn't sleeping for some reason. Oh, you don't yeah. have the COVID? No, I haven't got the COVID okay, or anything good. like that. I just, for whatever reason, I could not sleep. I felt like um, Jackie out of uh, Fight Club. Oh, right. Man. You know what? You know what? I think you're pumped for tomorrow night's game. I am. I'm physically and emotionally pumped for the game, and I can't wait for it. And that's what we're doing. We're going to do a preview of all of the games for round 17 in the National Rugby League in 2020, just for anybody that's listening 50 years from now. So, first well, game. Well, hang on. Before we do Sorry. that, Yeah. a word from our sponsors. Oh, yes, our sponsors. Manscaped. Listen, if there's one thing that you need during a pandemic, it's some shaved balls. So if you go to manscaped.com and you put in our promo code, which is NRL, you will get 20% off and free shipping. And you can get that scrote Sean brilliantly. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. It is just like if Tony Stark, right, could make a ball clipper, he would make the Lawnmower 3.0. And yeah, everyone's got to go and get one. Put in NRL, 20% off, free shipping. Go and get it done. How about that? Done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on to the good stuff. The good stuff. <laughs> Thursday night, we see the uh, well, the twenty twenty premiers, the Penrith Panthers. They've got to go up there to the Broncos and be the latest team to kick the ever loving shit out of them. How do you see this game going? Very one sided, freaky. Yeah. It's um, it, it, look, I think the same was said last week. It could be anything. It could be a bloodbath. Um, and frankly, I think it will be a bloodbath. <laughs> um, there's just nothing else to say. How? The Broncos are hapless. They're rudderless. They're yeah. useless. <laughs> they're everything less. So... I think you're underselling it. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're just... Under sevens would put in more effort, you know. They mm. well, actually, and that, I think that's the key. Under sevens would be out there having fun. Um, yeah, they these blokes don't look like they're having fun at all, yeah. and they're just in for another world of pain. Frankly, I think for the rest of the season, um, they're they're lost. They've just got nothing. So I would be expecting Panthers to well and truly put on a score. I think mm. it's one of those games that. Most people would expect to see a score as well, so um, I would suggest anything less than a 30-point um, differential would be a failed game from yeah. a Panthers' perspective. The Panthers have been severely weakened by the loss of Isaiah Yeo. Um, they've brought in uh, Apikoros, Sauerkirk, Capewell and Viliami Kikau. Uh, so hopefully they get by without Yo. And the Broncos are actually welcoming back uh, Corey Oates, Isaiah Luke, Jesse Arthurs, Payne Haas, and a new dude. I've never heard of him. Pride, Peterson, Rabat. Rabat. Yeah, so he's yeah. on the extended bench. I doubt he'll mm. get a run, but um, unless there's an injury in the warm-up, which would perfectly sum up the Broncos season, the Broncos. frankly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, interestingly, you know, Brody Croft, um, still not named. So mm. um, whether on the outer or whether needs to kick up the pants, but something's obviously not right there. But, yeah, it's it's one-way traffic. And that left side of the Panthers will just tear it up all night. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think Kikau will score like about, I don't know, 12 tries. 12? <laughs> yeah, 12 tries. Well, they're playing against a 12-man Broncos team because anytime somebody breaks the line, Darius Boyd sits down and watches them score. So, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, it's it. I agree with you. I think that – I think they need to score for a 40-plus point win. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think anything less than that, I agree with you. It would be disappointing and it would be a bit of a failed contest in terms of where the Panthers are at. And plus, we want to see the Broncos get the wooden spoon. I mean, they've got to, you know, the Panthers have to contribute. Well, that's true. So I think the only concern from a Panthers perspective is if they do rack up a score this week, mm-hmm. how much does that then play on their psyche going in against Parramatta? So, um, you know, it could be a benefit or it could be one of those, you know, situations where they end up with an elevated sense of ego, which I think they're actually, as a group collectively, doing quite well to keep a lid on the hype, um, yeah. which has particularly started bubbling away in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of press about them, um, particularly this week. I feel like every day there's something about, you know, this team has been X amount years in the making and talked about essentially, you know, Cleary playing against Jerome Luai when they were school kids, you know, at 14 and mm. and things like that. And then there was the um, there was an article talking about, um, you know, how they were similar to Manchester United. And, oh, really? <laughs> and, um, and, you know, then, you know, there was, uh, I think it was actually the same article where they were talking about, you know, Ben Darwin's um, cohesion um, Mm -hmm. data and, um, you know, and he was obviously saying, well, the reason why that they're so successful now is because they all know each other so well. And it is obviously very similar to the run that Queensland had for such a long period of time in State of Origin. And and that's what Penrith are seeing now. So, um, yeah, it's going to be difficult, I think, for the coaching staff to start really keeping a lid and containing the hype um, from the squad. But um, tomorrow, definitely, uh, they need to man up. Yeah, they do. They need to um, crush the Broncos and really add to their misery. I think that that's what we're all hoping for anyway. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) Yeah. Now, Friday night, 6 p.m. This is a really important game. The Knights take on the Sharks. Both teams are 3-2 and two in their last five games. The Knights sit in seventh place. The Sharks sit in eighth place. The Knights have one more competition point, but, you know, they've got that bit of a break to the Warriors out who are in ninth place, but they don't want to get on a losing streak, that's for sure. Um the Knights were terrible last week. Absolutely oh. terrible. Uh, I, and I tell you what, Mitchell Pearce. Can we talk about Mitchell Pearce for a second? Do we have to? I really want to. Okay, go. He's fucking shit. <laughs> Comprehensive analysis? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all that needs to really be said about him. But they, you know what? They've got a, a number of injuries and it's hurting them, but... I don't know. I, I think maybe the bubble has just burst, and I, I'm not a big fan of the Sharks. I think they're a bit of a ramshackle team. Um, Morris is doing a good job coaching them, but I really do believe they should beat the Knights in this one. What do you reckon? Yeah, I th- I'm the same. I think um, just based off you know what's been happening the last few weeks, I mean, the Knights have not put a back-to-back performance together all season. Mm-hmm. Um and last week was appalling that what they served up. So um, sharks, the sharks at, at least are an effort team. Mm-hmm. I know we say the same thing about the bulldogs usually as well. So you know that they're going to be in the grind mm-hmm. um, until someone does something stupid. Usually that's Josh Dugan. So yeah. um, and I just think that they're. Um, they they should be too strong for the Knights, despite the fact that this is up in Newcastle. Um, I found it interesting reading through the week that um, they've come out and said Matt Moylan has played the last two weeks with a grade two hamstring. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mate, just come out and say that you were owned by Liam Martin <laughs> and move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's I agree. Fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, he's in that, you know, just injury-prone basket. You know, he's in there with Turbo. He's in there with, you know, Foran. The only thing I say about Foran is his injuries are always different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you know, Turbo, obviously we know, but and Moylan, their hamstrings are shocking. Yeah. And surely he is, he's got to be almost done. Well, he's 29. And the, the real problem that I see with him especially is that apart from the fact that his legs aren't very good considering he's a football player, it, like when he does play, he's not very good. Like he's he's absolutely, I don't even know a word which is long enough to describe how terrible he is defensively. Um, bad. Pass. Pass. Oh, Jesus. Pass is a great word. That is. Uh, oh man, that's a that's a shocking one. Um, but but yeah, he he's really bad. You know the thing about um, Trebojevic, Tom Trebojevic, and we'll talk about him, I guess, in a bit. Like, there's so many people that have been saying, "Oh, if I was start, starting a team, he'd be the first player assigned. It'd be great. He'd be the best cheerleader ever because he doesn't fucking play the game." I know, and I, I, you know what? I feel for him. I really do because there's obviously something about what he is doing, mm. whether it's his running style, you know, something. Um, it's just not working for him, and I, I absolutely feel for him. But, um, yeah, uh, this Sharks team. Looking through it, I think I really like Toby Rudolph as a mm-hmm. player. Yeah, he's so dangerous when he's just you know, following in behind the halves. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully he gets a little bit of quality ball because even when the Sharks played the Panthers a few weeks ago and I was at that game, mm-hmm. he was the most dangerous player on the field. Yeah. And that's saying something when you think about it. Like he was actually more dangerous than Wade Graham, certainly more dangerous than the halves, um, you know, and, and the fullbacks. So, uh I think he, he's very under he's underrated, I think. And I think mm-hmm. he's underrated because of the fact he's in the Sharks team. Yeah. And you know what? Uh grand final winner last year with the uh New South Wales premiership uh for the Newtown Jets, I actually called his games a number of times last year. There we go. Because I'm a superstar commentator. I don't know <laughs> I told you that. Yes, yeah. Um next game, seven fifty five PM. The sixth-place Rabbitohs take on the second-place Storm. Mm. Um, it's it's an interesting game for the Storm in terms of the Rabbitohs are in pretty red-hot form at the moment. The Storm are in red-hot form. And I, I don't know, I have a feeling about this game. Like, I'm still tipping the Storm. But I feel as though the Storm will see this as a test of, like, if they can really smack the Rabbitohs, they're in a really good place. Um, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I I actually think this could be a really good arm wrestle as a mm. match. Um, mm-hmm. It really could go either way. I think the Storm will get over the top of the Rabbits. I just think that they've got too much kind of class in terms of some individual brilliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can just create something from nothing. And we saw that last week. I mean, look, they were playing against a fairly dour, manly team. But, um, yeah, Addo Carr, Olin, Pappenhausen, they were just electric. It was some of those backline moves were joyous to actually watch. And I really hate saying that about Melbourne because I usually find their playing style to be cumbersome. But, um, yeah, interesting matchups. Um, I like Alex Johnson being moved to fullback, obviously, with Luttrell out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really good move. And it'll be interesting to see how Damien Cook goes. I think he's been a bit quiet all mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he needs to, I think he needs to start stepping up. He's been better in the last couple of weeks, but certainly needs to start, you know, stamping his authority on some of these games. And he's up against... The great Cameron Smith, who I, I think it is absolutely hilarious that we're saying people in the media completely lose their shit, and Cameron Smith doesn't even have to do anything. Like I think he'll he'll play next year, but if he doesn't, he's had an amazing career, and you can't take anything away from him. And like I was, I heard when I was going to get my Porto tonight, I heard them on the radio, like whinging about Cameron Smith. Oh, what's he going to do? Blah blah blah, and then. That, uh, how would I describe him? Joyless cunt, James Hooper, was going on and on 
about basically, well, if Smith stays, he's being, um, he's he's being, uh, what's the word that he was using? God damn it. I forgot the word. Selfish, that's the one. And then he said that if he leaves, then he puts the storm in a really bad place. And it's like, so you don't, no matter what Cameron Smith does, you're just going to be upset either way. James, James. How would they, how would Smith leaving put the storm in a bad place when they have both Brandon Smith and Harry Grant ready to go? I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) I'm sorry to argue a a very reasonable point here, but I feel like that's a stupid statement. Yeah. Well, I'm willing to put it down a paper. James Zuby, you're a dumb cunt. Shut up. Um, And, you know, on 2GB, they were saying what Cameron Smith should do is go to, like, the Brisbane Broncos and be a player coach. Oh, I heard that. So dumb. And then then there was going to the Titans. Yeah, who who already have coach and two pretty good hookers themselves. Correct. Um, It was interesting. I did hear... I think it might have been the Maddie Johns family podcast. I heard a snippet um, where Cooper Johns has said that if Cameron was to stay, mm-hmm. they would need to lose somebody, as in yeah. the squad would need yeah. to lose somebody. Now, that yeah. would make perfect sense, obviously. Um, didn't really say anything else and... Um, I think, you know, Maddie then said, oh, you know, are we putting you in a bit of an awkward spot here? And he was like, yes, you are. <laughs> I thought, oh, good. Let's ask your son a question that's putting him in an awkward spot. But um, oh, I think that he can, I mean, really, as with anybody, they can do whatever they like. And yeah. if there is an offer on the table, then he can choose to think about that offer for as long mm. as it is on the table. So, and if there is no offer on the table, what's the problem? Yeah, it's there's just so much hysteria around oh. it, and and the cool thing is that you know that Cameron Smith, I think he's going to be the sort of player that when he's played his last game, he's just going to sit down with the media and say, "Oh yeah, that was my last game." Yes, <laughs> Wally Wally style. Yeah, that, that's, that's how you right. do it. Be a yeah. gangster about it. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Yeah. Okay, so Saturday afternoon, and this is some must-watch football. It is the 16th-placed Bulldogs hosting the 13th-placed Titans. Just to all those Titans fans, aren't you lucky that you're locked in the coach for a further couple of years? Certainly 13th place. Going so good. Um, The Bulldogs, what can you say about them? They're terrible. The Titans probably should win this game, but... I'm just going to make sure that I'm busy when this game is on so I don't have to watch it. What do you reckon about this one? Yeah, I am very thankful that I will actually be busy um, Mm -hmm. at this time so I don't have to watch it. Um, The Titans should get this done, being the number one team in Queensland this season. How hilarious Um, is that? (laughs) It's great. Um, I did hear during the week that Ash Taylor has said he wants to stay on and he's happy to take a pay cut to do so, um, you know, super motivated, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And I just thought, oh, you are a waste of space, my friend. I reckon. How about As- that? He wants to take a pay cut. This, he's talking about it like the season after he didn't turn up all year and just pocketed a million bucks. Like, wow, yeah. good stuff. Yes. I mean, it's atrocious. And it got me thinking. Uh, and I did see one of um, one of my Twitter peeps um, actually raised this on Twitter mm-hmm. this week, last week, some point. Why don't we see more performance-based contracts in the NRL? Because no one had signed them. Well, I don't know. I think if you're, you know, think about Ash Taylor. I just want to be in a good group and I really like what Holbrook's doing and I'm happy to take less money. Well, how about we still how about you still have the ability to earn a million dollars, but this is how we're going to do it for you. Mm. And so you're going to get 500 base. And then, you know, for every win you earn X amount. And then, you know, if you can get us here, then you get X amount. I don't understand the problem with this. 
Look, I think in theory it's a good idea, but I, honestly, I don't think anyone would sign him. I guess no. the other problem you have too is just say, I mean, it's a it's a level of uncertainty for the club as well. So say you you cap out at 10, 10, 10 million bucks, right? You, you cap out, but then they go on some <laughs> like they have a season like the Panthers are having. Yes. Now all of a sudden they owe Ash Taylor like two point one million dollars. No, but it's it's still that's what I'm saying. So you have to declare that you know it's a million dollars, for example. Yeah. But realistically, all that's guaranteed is the five hundred base, and then it's earning the rest up to. So you still only declare you're still saying you know the contract value is yeah. up to a million dollars, and that's what you would put on the salary cap. You wouldn't put more than that. But they've got this problem now anyway when it comes to representative football because most players have those clauses in their contracts anyway to say that if they play representative mm. football, then they will get a bonus from the club, and that needs to be put on the salary cap as well. Yeah, look, I tell you, the, the problem with having a system like that in place you would only be paying Ash Taylor five hundred grand, but he's still going to count a million bucks against your cap. Not if you don't spend it all. Yeah, but if you don't spend it all, then you've basically kept five hundred thousand dollars aside for if you do spend it all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, no. That's I understand what you're saying. Yeah, they could look at it though. I really think that there's something in it. I, I, I you potentially know what? for maybe some of the the. I shouldn't say bottom tier players, but the the base level players who are on the minimum wage, you know, those the Crap fringe ones. first graders. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bottom feeders. No, you yeah. can't say that yeah. out loud. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so Bulldogs, basically. Bulldogs players is what you're saying. You're Correct. All of them. <laughs> Broncos, um, all of them. <laughs> I, I know that there's a lot of uh, younger players that when – they come into the league, a lot of them are still on um, deals where it's like if they play a certain number of first-grade games, it gets upgraded and stuff. But, yep. like, I, I I just can't see too many uh, too many seasoned first-graders taking up an incentive-based deal. No, um, not at that but, high end. No, no. Like, the, the Titans just need to get rid of Ash Taylor immediately. Like, as soon as he's off contract... They should just stop returning his calls and everything because he's been the biggest waste of money in the history of Gold Coast Rugby League. Mm, that's saying something. Yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, okay, so the next game, 5.30 p.m., Saturday afternoon, we've got the 12th place Seagulls, whose form is just atrocious at the moment. They're taking on the 11th placed West Tigers, who... This week threw a legend under the bus, and I don't understand why. Yes. Firstly, I think Manly will win this game. I think they will bounce back. Um, I actually think that that loss from the Panthers has crushed the souls of the Tigers. Mm -hmm. Um, So they should get it done, despite the fact that they're, you know, no Joel Thompson, and then that's that's him done now in the NRL, which is... Mm -hmm quite sad, um, and Ruben Garrick's out, but um, the, the, I don't even know what to say about the Tigers and, and how they have gone about the Benji situation is deplorable. Mm-hmm. And I get that, you know, this is the second time that he's left the Tigers and, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, to not even allow him the, the dignity, the grace, you know, afford him the opportunity to make a decision himself or announce a decision himself is mm-hmm. so poor yeah. and it smacks of Justin Potato being a dick. That, look, there's something going on at this club and it's falling apart really quickly. And it feels to me like there's a lot of stuff being said to the media that is about focusing focusing the media and the fans elsewhere. And mm. I think, look, it would have taken nothing to sit down with Benji Marshall a month ago and said, Benji, we love you, mate, but we just feel like it's time to move on. We're telling you we're not going to do anything for a month, mm. but we just, we're not signing you, okay? And in that month, he would, and Benji Marshall is pretty straight up 
dude, you know. Mm. He would have been the first to come out and say, look, I, I won't be here next year. Um, but to, to do it the way they did it, it just seemed gross to a, a club legend who was pay, played for unders for so long. And then on the back of that, they had all of this talk about, and, and it's just media, you know, bullshit at the moment, but it's like, oh, they had an honesty station and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why are we doing all this focus on the coach and some of the players when they need to look at the CEO? And I'm not saying it's the CEO putting it out there, but how long does he stay in place and not get the focus put on him when he's the one that's been bringing in some of these players on ridiculous contracts? Mm -hmm. He's the one that ended up having a coach walk out on him. He's the one that's brought in another coach who it's, it feels like it's now been white anted. I don't know who by or why, but it just seems like a mess. And at some point you've got to look at the CEO and say, Hey dude, you had a good run out of it. And that's been nice, but piss off. Yeah. He, I mean, I have no time for him whatsoever. Um, uh, th- yeah, th- th- there is clearly stuff going on. And whether Michael Maguire and the way that and, and his style is, you know, unearthing a lot of this and it's bubbling to the surface um, is probably a good thing if that's yeah. what's happening. But can I say the term honesty session pisses me off? Because does that <laughs> mean that every other day of the week they're not honest with each other. Yeah, they're all lying it, to each other it, the whole time. God, it irritates me. <laughs> um, you know, it's one thing to be like, you know, it's a bit of a come to Jesus moment, but to turn around and say, oh, it's an honesty session is just absurd. Um, the honesty session does need to be had behind closed doors with Luke Brooks. And I know that Michael Ennis was particularly scathing about um, Brooks and whether he actually fits in this team moving forward, given Mm. that he's delivered nothing in eight years. Look, I've been saying, I I said at the start of the year that if this team doesn't start playing well this year, Luke Brooks might look to play at another club. At this stage, I don't know what club would want Mm. him because his form has been absolutely atrocious this year. Terrible. I, I agree. And, you know, as a, you know, being at the ground on the weekend, Nothing just went missing mm. a lot of the time, you know. And, uh, you know, I think if I'm trying to be fair, is that because Benji's on the field? Is it a similar situation to, you know, last year with Nathan and Jimmy Maloney where, you know, Nathan has even come out and said he kind of felt like he had to kind of bow to Maloney. He was the more senior player, et cetera. Um, you know, is that a is that a factor? Who knows? You know, is it a case of saying, look, we'll give you one year without Benji, but that's it? Mm. Um, because from memory, didn't he win the Dalian Player like a uh, halfback of the year half-back in a season the... where Benji wasn't at the club? Uh, was, was that before Benji came back? Might have been the season before, hey. So there might be something in that theory. However. He still didn't put them into a, the finals that year. Yeah, and look, that's the problem with the West Tigers is that if there are people that don't like what the coach is doing, like th- these are losers. Yeah, they're they're all losers. I I don't really like what none of them know what it's what it means to be winning footy games. So I no. don't really care what the players are thinking. And look, if I'm Michael McGuire and I've got any bloody, you know, 24-year-old footballer that's never played a finals game sitting in front of me saying, oh, I'm not really happy. I, I would, I'd just say, mate, are you fucking serious? Yeah. You know? and, and maybe that's what an honesty session is, is when the coach tells you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> Quite possibly. And, I mean, the other thing, and I know that um, you and I were um, messaging through the game on the weekend, mm-hmm. they've got to fix their dummy half problem because oh, yeah. there is no Harry Grant next year. And they're basically being kept in games by him. Yep. So they've got to sort that out real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing, knowing the West Tigers, they'll start looking at that at about March next year. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say January. I was going to be. 
quite generous. I'm sure there'll be a Zumra type. Look, they might get Cameron Smith. Maybe he can oh, come in as a captain I'm coach. Hooper hasn't written that, given he's a Tigers man. Yeah, well, he obviously is like anything that Cameron Smith does, James Hooper will hate. But James Hooper, I mean, James Hooper's a glorified blogger now. How about that? <laughs> wow. So, he is. He is. What's the definition of a blogger? She's just someone that writes shit. Is it? Yeah. Sounds sounds about right. Yeah. Okay, so 7.30 p.m. This is the game that stops a nation. Matching around. I know that you've been looking forward to this game for minutes. Minutes. Absolute minutes. It's. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we need Matt Nabel to do a 20-minute voiceover <sighs> for the Roosters taking on the Raiders down there in the nation's capital. It will be freezing cold and Sonny Billy's coming off the bench and all eyes are going to be on him, I'm told. Yes, apparently um, there is a Sonny Bill cam and I don't need that. No. That is fucking ridiculous. Mm. And I actually don't care. Neither do I. I don't understand. Uh, Sorry, I understand the hype. I shouldn't say that I don't because I do. I understand the hype. Um, I would think that Trent Robinson would hate the fact that all eyes are on the Roosters at the moment because of Sonny Bill. I think at this point he would probably prefer that Melbourne Panthers, Raiders, maybe even Parramatta, um, you know, get a bit of heat. Mm-hmm. But all that's happened with Sonny Bill coming back is all eyes are on the Roosters. So, you know, he'll have to be managing that aspect. Um, I'm actually this is I'm actually going for an upset. I reckon the Raiders will get this done. Well, you know what they they're playing down there in Canberra. They they've got a 35 year old dude on the bench that hasn't played a rugby league game in months, and even when he did, he wasn't very good. Despite mm. talking about how good he was training leading into that contract, uh, you know the Raiders aren't in very good form. They're both on 22 competition points. This game could decide who ends up in the top four, and that's pretty important. Um, I I think I tipped the Roosters from memory, but this is a 50-50 game, mm. and all of this talk about like the 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 ridiculous amount of praise that the Roosters are getting at the moment for how they're playing, it, it's just so over the top and stupid. They're in fourth place on the ladder, like mm-hmm. they they're playing okay. But they're not playing like world beaters, that's for sure. No, I agree. Raiders are paying two seventy five. Ooh, that's good. That's, that's juicy. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, I think um. Nickel Clockstad needs to have a solid game. He's, you yeah. know, he's got a couple of really stupid errors. Um, in him. He cut his hair. Well, I know he's lost all his power. Mm. Um, and yeah, same with Rapana. Rapana's trying to just do too much all the time. But in terms of you know Papali, mate, he mm-hmm. will just carry that team on his back. And mm-hmm. I think that they'll I'm expecting bigger things as well from Whitehead. He was a bit quiet on the weekend. He was, um, yeah. So hopefully he'll aim up. But yeah, I, I think close tussle. Um. But yeah, tipping Raiders. Yeah, it's like it, it's just one of the. I I think it's for me it is fifty fifty. As I said, I think I tipped the Roosters, but you know, I I think the only thing that is for certain is that John Bateman will be a dickhead during the game. Oh, of course. I <laughs> say okay, so, so now Sunday afternoon. We have everyone's second team, the ninth-place Warriors. They're up against the third-placed Parramatta Eels, and the Eels need to play well to win this one. The the uh, Warriors are starting to play pretty well. They're not setting the world on fire, but they're doing pretty well. And the Eels, their form is a bit so-so at the moment, and they've lost Dylan Brown too for almost the whole season. Mm, yeah, I... Um... Man, I'd love to see the Warriors win, and not just because it's against Parramatta. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I would, God, I would love to see them make the finals. That would be just the absolute Cinderella story of rugby league for a very long time to come. Yeah. So it it would be amazing. Um, I think part of the problem for the Warriors is the players that have actually been really putting in and um, getting a bit of success for them aren't able to play this week given that they are players on loan from Parramatta. Yeah. So obviously no Alvaro, um, no Katoa, no Jennings. Um, but, yeah, look, Parramatta should should get it done, but they need to put in a solid full 80-minute performance, even if it's not a, um absolute cricket score. Mm-hmm. They need to play for the full 80 minutes because that's what's been lacking um, in the last few weeks for them. Um, you know, similar to Luke Brooks, Mitchell Moses. I mean, what the hell? Yeah, Just... he's not playing that well at all lately, is he? No, definitely not. Absolute flat track bully. Um, yeah. Which, and frankly, the whole team are that way. Um, led by Mitchell Moses, I must say. So, um, yeah, it, it, as I said, it'd be good to. I actually think Chanel Harris Tavita is playing better than Mitchell Moses. Yeah, definitely. And Less who would structured. have thought? Who would have thought that the best young halfback at the New Zealand Warriors just needed to be played some games, and he mm. just keep getting better and better. You know, whatever. I don't know why Stephen Kearney didn't do this at the start of last year, but you know, as soon as Kearney left, he's come straight back into the side, and he's just he's doing exactly what you expect of him. He's done this in his entire career. Give him game time. He plays great. Um, this game is summed up by the two fullbacks, I think. You've got the great Roger Tuivasa-Shek taking on that other guy, and I just think RTS, he's going to run roughshod over that other guy. I would love to see it. A, a conversation with some people um, earlier this week um, was less than complimentary for the other guy, mm-hmm. um, and... You know, the general consensus was put him in another team and does he get the praise, the accolades, et cetera, et cetera. And the answer is no. We mm. all know it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, word on the street is, you know, he could potentially be in line for, a, um, you know, some kind of blues jersey. I mean, mm. that would just do my head in. Yeah, Even as be- a, I mean, the fact that he was 18th man at one point last year was shocking to me yeah um but yeah that's i'm hearing whispers that that you know at the moment you know kind of in and around discussions so which i'm just so surprised about (laughs) he blow dries his hair for certain hey oh that is some wicked hair though hey you know what he's been taking lessons off des hasler yeah see i feel as though right like des hasler has an unnatural head of hair, right? It's like <laughs> for a man of his um of his age, absolutely yep. he does. It is lush, it is thick, and so I feel as though it's just a natural phenomenon with Des Hasler. <laughs> Whereas with him, like with with that that dude, he definitely blow dries his hair. It's like when you you see Trent Barrett, and it's like we all know, man, you don't have to hide this anymore. You use eyeliner. And that's okay. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. This is 2020. You can do what you want. Just own it. Yeah. Yeah. He should just come out and just say it. Just say, it. I like wearing eyeliner. It makes my eyes pop. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> 6.30 Sunday evening, we'll all be just chilling at this point of the week. And we have the 14th place Cowboys taking on the 10th place, St. George, Illawarra Dragons. Some talk this week that Ben Hunt might end up back at the Brisbane Broncos, which I think would be beautiful. Mm. I did hear that um, earlier today, actually. Mm. Um, I think the Dragons should uh, yep. should get this done, famous last words. <laughs> um, I've got to say, I look at their lineup and... I just wonder what Tristan Saylor needs to do to actually get a proper go. 
Like, yeah, like th- this season's a write-off. Yeah. Why aren't they just saying, hey, we, we know what we can do with this written-off team. Let's chuck some youngsters out there and see what they can do. Absolutely, especially with an interim coach um, who, from all reports, actually won't be appointed into the full-time gig anyway. So what do you have to lose? Yeah. I mean, I just I feel for him because I actually think Tristan Saylor is a better option than some of these other guys. Yeah, I um, agree. He At least when he is on the field... He's trying to make something happen. Mm. Like and like Adam Clune, but pff, what does he do? Well, exactly. He goes missing. Yeah. So I just don't know why he wouldn't play. I'm not saying play Sailor at halfback, right? But at least chuck him in at 5'8". Play mm. Norman at halfback if you want to do it that way. And just see what Sailor can do. And like have, it, have five games you can watch him play. And and they haven't done it. And it's, I don't know why these teams don't do that. It's crazy to me. Um, I I agree with you. The Dragons should win, but how can you have any faith in them? Oh, no faith. The other thing I heard tonight was um, potentially, uh, you know, Griffin, most linked coach to any job that's on offer. Yep. So apparently he's the front runner yep. for this Dragons gig. And... Um, he might seek to try and bring James Maloney back from oh, Catalan to the really? Dragons. I mean, no. Yeah, that seems like a step backwards, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Mm. I just, no, no, no. Um, is there, oh, I was going to say, is there an element of, a culture piece that he could bring, but from all reports, he's the world's biggest pest. So yeah. I don't know whether you want that, want that you know, culture, but you know, yeah. I I think the the thing you have to worry about all coaches, every single coach, is that they have players that they they are comfortable with and players that they don't need to worry about. And the problem with that sometimes is those players get old and the coach doesn't let go of that. Mm. And you see it all the time where, you know, Ivan Cleary did it when he went to the, to the West Tigers and he had some former Warriors players who was like, Oh yeah, I was pretty happy when he played for me and stuff, but those players were well past their best. And Mm. I think every smart CEO has to be able to say that they're to their coach. No. And if you can't say no to your coach, then you shouldn't be the CEO. And, you know, I I can see where Griffin would say, look, Maloney was pretty good for me at the Panthers. And it's like, yeah, that was, dude, that was going to be three years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're looking forward, not backwards. And, you know, that that is a worry if that's the case that he's looking at Maloney. I don't doubt that Maloney could come back and play all right. But, man, that, that what the Dragons need is to sort out their junior development system and start bringing through some some youngsters and and buy smarter because their yeah. their their purchases have been pretty shit over the years and um they need to just do better all round as a club. It's not going to be a quick fix in terms of bringing in Maloney and all of a sudden everything's roses. No, that's right. Um, how long do you think that? Well, this season I think it'll continue, but into next season. How long do you think the Cowboys will persevere with Holmes at fullback and um, the hammer on the wing? Surely they've got to swap them. Yeah, look, if I think depending on who ends up being their coach, I, I just think Holmes isn't a fullback. It's and Tom Payton, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's who they're saying is it's going to be. I don't think he's agreed to terms yet, but oh, right. it seems like that's where it's heading. Um I would just sit Valentine Holmes down and say, look, the previous coach thought you were a fullback. I don't think you are. We know you owe you a million bucks, but you're going to earn it on the wing. And that's that. You know, if he doesn't like it, he can hand the money back and go elsewhere because it it was a good idea, but he hasn't played enough football this year. He's been very inconsistent and... You know, there's just a better option there at the club, and they've got to go with that option. 
and that's unfortunate for Valentine Holmes. But you know, it's it's professional sport. He he knows that better than anyone else. Yeah, no, well, that's right. And I feel like the um the forward pack for well for both teams, but mm. we're talking, you know talking about the Cowboys, they're just lacking something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, they're out of dummy half. They're they're atrocious. They're absolutely mm. atrocious. Like they're dummy half players. I think it's fair to say the worst in the league. Um, and then you've got someone like Drinkwater in the side, who's playing at five eighth, who catches maybe twenty five percent of the balls thrown to him, which is a problem. Um, you know, then like their halfback is in and out of the team with bloody injuries and head knocks and all sorts of shit. They've got the best forward in. Look, they've got one of the best forwards of all time in their mm-hmm. side, and they're wasting his best years. And there's just so many problems with this Cowboys team. Like, I said this to Andrew every time Justin O'Neill catches the footy, I'm like, holy shit, Justin O'Neill is still getting runs in the NRL. I it's know. Weird. It's so strange. Mm. It's so I was as you were talking, you said his name, it was I was thinking how he is still getting a gig, I will never know. Yeah, it's it feels like was were his best years two thousand and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird, you know? It's and he just offers nothing. It well just same gives thing you said about Josh Maguire as well. I mean and he just does some dumb, dumb things yeah. on the field, um, which, you know, ends up costing metres because, you know, it'll be some kind of ridiculous relieving penalty for the opposition. Mm-hmm. And they'll go 40 metres downfield and then score. <laughs> yeah, and, like, you, you can add add Gavin Cooper to the list of, how, what the fuck? What year is it again? Because Gavin Cooper's done. He's finished. Mm. I can't believe they've named him in the side this this week. I guess at some point you've got to go with who you've got, you know. But, man, they've got some players that they need to get rid of out of this club and should have done years ago. Jake Granfield, he's another one. He's uh, he's in the res- he's not on the bench. He's in the what they call the reserves on the NRL mm. website. Yeah. Uh, he's 19th player. But... Man, there's so many players in this team they just need to get rid of. Cole Felt, we're done, Cole Felt, okay? We don't need to see anymore. Go away. There's going to be cheaper, younger players than you who, you know, they're not about to give birth to Sivo's uh, baby. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of problems with that team. And look, the Dragons have their own problems. They're probably more fixable, but still... This is going to be a shit game. Who's going to watch this Sunday night? Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, what are you, how? What are your thoughts on reverting back to the four pm, six thirty pm from having the two and four? I I tend to like the two and four, but I will mm. say this: when that four pm game finishes at six pm, and I know I've got to wait a half hour, and there's another footy game on, I'm pretty relieved. Because I do need some more rugby league at that time of the night. The only problem is you got to sit through half an hour of Fox Sports bullshit, and <laughs> like Hannah Hollis saying like breaking news every thirty seconds. So I I, I don't know. I, I I would prefer if that six p.m. Friday night game was on at two p.m. on the Sunday, and then you have the six thirty game. But I think that this is all for the pandemic year where we're not really getting anyone through the gates anyway. Mm. So, you know, I, I think that just because it's it's purely for TV at the moment. Um, because I, it seems strange to me that they've done it the way that they've done it in terms of when people, you know, the middle of winter, mm. in the middle of lockdown for us, mm-hmm. it's cold, you're not really, I mean, you can't go out, and even if you could go out, you're not because it's cold. Mm-hmm. That's when you put a 6.30 game on. Yeah. But not as you're in spring, as we have more freedoms and liberties. Mm-hmm. You you know, I mean, yeah, you can still go to the pub and watch it. I get that. But you're more likely to potentially be out and about mm-hmm. to a degree. You don't stick it on a 
It, See, that here's to me thing. seems a bit strange. I, I'm I'm a bit different to that. I, like, unless yes, I because you don't go out. Yeah, I'm still trying to avoid the COVID. I really am. You know what my next trip out is, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to see Grizzly Adams turn up. It's going to be really weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's going to be. And by the way, anyone that's listening, I'm going to the footy with Nadine on. Oh, people can just wonder when, hey. <laughs> at some point in the future. Yeah, at some point. Um. So yeah, it's I, I I see your point of view, but I'm the sort of person that likes to at that on a Sunday evening. It's got to be something pretty special for me to be outside the house. That is true. I'm I'm with you on that. Mm. I'll admit that Sunday night, it's you know, don't ask me for to have plans. Mm. Don't make me go out of the the five kilometer Penrith bubble radius. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not happening. There's no so need to leave the Penrith bubble anyway. We've got everything we need. Well, that's true. We've got a stadium. We've got the best football team on planet Earth. What else do you need? We've got a Krispy Kreme. Three of Portos. Yeah. We've got the Noodle Hut. The Noodle Hut. Penrith Plaza. You can get everything there, including COVID. <laughs> Casual contacts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um oh. so yeah, that's the that is round seventeen. I think we did justice to that. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I like it. Getting excited for finals though. It is good to be able to to literally see finals. It is, isn't it? It's uh and it's like I am now looking forward to when we get the JJ Gilton and Shield. Um, I feel like it's going to be in that Parramatta game, hey? I, I don't know why. I feel like they're going to give them the shield during that game. And then, uh, yeah, on to the finals and just, uh, I mean, they should call the... You know how every year the finals have like a like a theme? I think this year's theme should be inevitability. And it's just a... It's all it is. It's like they just have the words inevitability across the screen and behind it, it's just all Panthers football. <laughs> not one-sided or biased at all. No, no, just factual. Mm. I was, um, I caught some of the Sunday footy show, mm-hmm. uh, obviously on Sunday last week. Oh man, that's a shame. Um, I know, but they were doing um, a piece around the similarities from the O three Panthers team to obviously mm-hmm. this year's Panthers team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about how, Obviously, young squad, you know, both squads were quite young, quite mm. inexperienced, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there was something else that they mentioned as well. I can't remember what it was. It was all the same kind of comparisons. Getting it a, was it getting an experienced hooker in? Um, I don't know. I was kind of not paying attention. Yeah. Um, but then they had Scott Sattler um, on Zoom or whatever they use, and he said – the one thing that nobody has brought up, which I actually think is a, is a far more interesting point, mm. um, was is the father son piece. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, of course, mm. you know, O three had Lang and Lang, and mm-hmm. this year it's Cleary and Cleary. I was like, why don't people talk about that? Let's that's talk- a good good point, hey. Yeah, I, like let's, I never let's even talk about thought of that because that's a that's a really intriguing similarity, you know, because. Any squad can be young at any point in time. And um, they did do a bit of a montage where they were showing, um, you know, awesome tackles. So they obviously showed Sat's tackle from the grand final. And then I think they showed a tackle that Cleary, um, you know, one of Cleary's defensive efforts, which took a player out of the sideline. And so they're showing a bit of montage, of you know, of that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, when he mentioned that, I thought, oh, I really like that one because it's, yeah. I've not heard it before and it's really different. And, um, it also takes some of the narrative away from the fact that, oh, Ivan and Nathan, you know, and it's yeah. like, well, hang on, it has been done before yeah. and it's been okay. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it was, you know, quite fascinating in that respect. I kind of stopped listening when Sats stopped talking. <laughs> it's interesting though because like I, 
I look at the the only things that I can say between the two teams are back in 03 we did have a core of young players that come through and they they basically filled in a lot of the spaces in an okay first grade team like we had some okay play well not some okay players we had some very good players but overall the team was just okay and by having all of those young players come through and they started in 2001 um, and brought they come on strong in 2003 it it really filled the team out and they become a great team all of a sudden whereas this team i think i feel as though it is younger across the park and i don't think we've got the seasoned veterans that that panthers team already had in place like i look mm-hmm. at prudis lang um girdler gal to an extent whereas this panthers team i mean the you know you've got source on the wing uh you know would you say that coruscant is a yeah Tarmau's definitely you'd put him in there, but I feel as though a lot of the 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 better players and the the players that they rely on in this team, they're actually the Panthers have brought them through, and and I I just feel like it's a very different team from that O three team. Yes, no, and that's you know that's true as well. It's going to be yeah very very interesting. I, it was also interesting after last week's when there was a few you know things doing the rounds on various either print or radio or TV, whichever. And it was basically everyone doing their, are the Panthers the real deal? You know, the same rhetoric for the last few weeks. Yeah. The amount of people who still said no um, and are rating the Storm and the Roosters above Mm. is surprising. And, with some of the arguments about injuries. And I'm thinking, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What? (laughs) You know, and the travel thing. I know that that's been hammered this week. Yeah. Um, I I know everyone's kind of picked up on that on Twitter, and I know Andrew was particularly scathing about that. Yeah, um, he was. That particular article. Yeah. Um, But, you know, as I replied to somebody, you know, on Twitter, why is it their fault? they've made the best of the opportunity that is in front of them. It's, you know, mm. it, it is what it is. And they've just dealt with it better than others with or without injury. Who cares? Um, yeah. So that's really fascinating that a lot of these experts um, using that term very loosely mm. are still just totally focused on roosters and storm. Well, you would, I mean, and a lot of those dummies were saying, you know the Broncos will be one of the teams to beat this year. Like they, 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 it seems like every year they say, "Oh, the Storm and the Broncos," and it's like whatever. But um, the the funny thing I've noticed this year in in the Panthers being a great team is that every so often someone will try and have a go at the Panthers or Panthers fans, and we literally couldn't give a shit. <laughs> Like, it's like, yeah, whatever. We, we've had some sort of charmed run or whatever. Oh, yeah, we've had no injuries. Okay, whatever. We're fucking leading the comp by, you know, however many points. We don't even know anymore. It's that big of a fucking <laughs> game. So, like, I just think the thing that would happen is when we win the premiership, there will be some goof and it's, it'll be some alcoholic goof that will come out and say, oh, it's not a real premiership. <laughs> and, Asterix. Yeah, yeah. And oh, no one's going to care. Exactly right. Nobody will care. And if anything, this will be the most memorable premiership. Mm. Everybody will remember who wins everything this year across the board. Yep. It'll be because it's, it's the COVID year. Who won the Melbourne Cup? Who won the AFL Grand Final? Who won the US Tennis Open? You know, everyone will remember it. I, I want to ask you a question. When when they have the uh, when they win the grand final and everyone's celebrating, how willing are you to get COVID to celebrate? Because <laughs> I am getting be COVID by that point. No, you'll have a mask. It'll be fine. I, I will. Yeah, you're giving me a mask, which is very nice. Of <laughs> but like, I am gonna. I I would because I didn't do it in 2003. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna drive to Panthers. I'm gonna like drive. What Uber it? <sighs> or are you gonna drive and then leave the car there? Yeah. For like three weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I could I could probably leave my car there. I know this one of my headlights was out today. It fucking pissed me <laughs> off. But um, yeah, that's a good point. But I'm gonna go there. I'm going to get in before they, they fill that place to capacity. I'm going to, like, lick the face of strangers. I'm getting COVID <laughs> so good. Probably get, like, all sorts of things that night. But, uh, oh, it's going to be a good night. Yes. It's, I mean, who was it? I think I heard Gerds actually the other day yeah. saying, and I think we said this um, a couple of podcasts ago, that yeah. it's such a shame that this team is doing so well in this environment because yeah we would we would dming about it yeah and mm. he was he was saying you know whilst penrith is still in sydney it's still got that semi country town kind of feel to it you know it's just that far removed that kind of what we we're just saying about the bubble mm. um it's its own and, place yeah and he was mm. saying you know the community would be rallying around this team and you know the fact that they can't kind of high five them in you know when they're out having breakfast or they can't just go and watch them train or they you know they can't fill the stadium would be hurting both the club and the community the fact that you know that's not able to be done for them so and I was yeah it was just it was interesting hearing you know the likes of Gerds and um, Satler said it as well the other day, to be fair. Um, mm. Yeah, it's interesting to hear them say that and speak about it with such, still such emotion as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, which is especially, you know, for, well, neither one of them live in the area, um, but, you know, clearly quite still connected. But, yeah, it is, a, it is a shame. It really is a shame that, I mean, no sporting team will have the celebration that, they deserve this year. Well, I'd like, was it, I think maybe you were saying to me that what, what they should do is social distance down Mulgawa Road. Yes, it was me. <laughs> yeah. And, and then just drive like, so, like, I don't know, Utes or whatever down fucking Mulgawa. I think that would be the best. I would love that. <laughs> How good would it be? Would it be, well, that goes back to when the Swans won the 05 mm. grand final mm. and they had the ticket tape parade up George Street. Oh, did they? Yes, because I left work and went down there to, you know, to partake. But, um, yeah, they could do that on Mulgoa Road. It would be amazing. Could you imagine? That would actually be next level. What would be, okay, so say say you did a premiership winning, like, drive through Penrith. It's like, I feel like it would have to go up High Street, then down Mulgoa. And then, uh, where would you turn? I'm trying to think. I think if you turn, and I don't know what the name of the road is, but you know that road that's got that big set of traffic lights and one way goes up towards the uh, the A9 and the other way goes down towards the fucking river? It's just beside Panthers. Yeah, Jamo Road. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, Jamison Road. Yeah, see, the other, I feel as though that's a different part of Penrith. They're peasants. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, go up that road. Oh, it'd be so good. Yes. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Oh, what do you mean, wait and see? I'm already booking it in. <laughs> You're booking in the, the flat top utes, are you? Yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll pay for them out of my own pocket. And then I is like this what the, my Patreon is paying for. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's paying for. I told you the money's going for good use. And the the uh, instead of the Penrith City Council worrying about the fucking dams flooding everyone, what they should worry about is where we're going to have the the premiership parade. Can I tell you? I reckon Stuart Ayres would be all over that. Yeah, he would actually be. I reckon he'd be chief party planner. He should. A hundred percent he would be. <laughs> if he wants to keep his job, what he needs to do is get us a new stadium, first of all. He oh, just, he's not exactly... in charge of stadiums anymore. Oh, isn't he? What's he doing no, now? He's, oh, I don't know what he's doing now, but he's not stadiums anymore. Oh, damn it. 
Who's doing the stadiums now? Um, I can't think of his name. It's escaped me. Anyway, anyway, Stuart Ayres can get on the phone to that guy. So Stuart Ayres, right, get us a new stadium. We want exactly what Parramatta has, because why not? And then, yeah, a premiership parade, Mulgoyle Road, centrepiece. Ah, oh, it'd be beautiful. It would be. It would be very good. I can't wait for that. Four more, or no, not how many more weeks? Well, there's three more weeks till finals. Yeah, and then another, because we'll win the first game, then we'll have one week off, win the second game, and then we win the grand final. So, like, what's that? It's like seven seven games away? Seven, eight games away? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the best part is then, then we go, um, if they play the World Club Challenge, and we'll get the... We'll get those soap dodgers to fly over here this time, right? Just put them in isolation for two weeks. Doesn't <laughs> matter where. Just give them, uh, give them a cake of soap and some fucking, get them some teeth whitener. Why not? Let's be good to them, and then we'll flog the ever-loving shit out of them at, Par- at Penrith Footy Stadium. That would be good. Yeah, it'd be so good. So very, I've got all of this good. planned. I like it. There's a lot yeah. of thought that's gone into this. Yeah, yeah. This is what I do instead of planning podcasts. <laughs> what? We plan this. Shh, don't tell people our secrets. Well, we planned a time to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It was still planning and there was a production meeting. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway, we should wrap this up. So thank you for coming on once again. I love doing these uh, these these pre-round podcasts with you we didn't do it the last two weeks because we we're both busy but yes let's get you back on for this one thank you i really enjoy coming on awesome and everyone go to manscape.com put in the code nrl it's our exclusive code and get yourself 20 percent off and free shipping on some manscaping equipment get your equipment looking its best with manscape because if you do she'll just have to um once again, thank you for coming on. Have you got anything you want to plug? Your Patreon? Yes. Go to patreon.com forward slash League Freak. Uh, that's my Patreon. Andrew's uh, Dean, Patreon. Yeah. Nadine is a top-level contributor to my Patreon. I really, really appreciate that. So thank you very much. Go to patreon.com slash Project. That helps with the digitization of rugby league history, thanks to Andrew, the real deal Ferguson. So, the real deal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've been calling him the real deal Ferguson for a long time, hey? I like it. Yeah. Sounds very NBA. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. It's got this American basketball feel to it. I don't know. I do watch a lot of NBA. (laughs) So maybe I maybe stole that from someone. I like it. I was going to call him Diesel, but no. Say <laughs> 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 so he's Andrew Ferguson. I was, yeah, I call him AI. Um, so yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll put out another podcast very soon, and we will both catch you probably next week. Yep, later. <laughs>